Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Everything Under the Sun, the AccuWeather podcast. I'm Andy Robb, Regina Miller on vacation. I am joined in the studio by executive producer Ken Prell. And uh, Ken, it is back to school time. No. Yes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Well, we don't have to go back to school. Okay, fine. But this theme of this week's show and also next week's show is going to be a back to school theme. So we're going to talk about So You Want to Be a meteorologist, and we are joined in the studio by VP of Forecasting, Marshall Moss, and making her debut on the AccuWeather podcast, Christina Pitanowski, meteorologist and talent acquisition specialist. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And let me say, as somebody with kids at home, I am very grateful for the start of school today. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm very grateful not to be going back to classes. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. I'm very excited that uh, Marshall's back because usually, and Andy doesn't usually let both of us on the mic at the same time, because the last time Marshall was on was way back in October. Uh, it was episode 27. It was weather and paranormal. We scared away a guest <laughs> because of our skepticism. <laughs> so if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. It's on Apple Podcasts, AccuWeather.com, our podcast page. It was a good time. And there's also a reason, other reasons they don't let the two of us on together. <laughs> That's just dangerous. Yeah, we'll see how this goes today. Yeah. So, of course, the purpose of this show, the theme is so you want to be a meteorologist. The field is ever expanding. And we're going to start with you, Christina, because you've been here at AccuWeather for a good while practicing meteorology. What got you first interested in meteorology? Well, I'm your typical meteorologist. All of us, we just seem to have an extra gene is that you just love the weather from a young age. And that was the case for me. I grew up on a dairy farm and obviously farming and the weather, big tie together. So I'd always be there helping my dad forecast the weather and just fell in love with it. I can't point, some people point it back to a specific storm. Mine's just, since I could remember, I love the weather. Marshall, you actually go back to a a certain storm that really got you interested in the weather. Yeah, the thing that really triggered me was, I mean, there were a variety of things, but Hurricane Gloria coming through Long Island um, was one that really got me interested. I was still young at the time, um, unlike now. And just the the damage that it did, the force behind it, the way that it actually broke down as it was coming through Long Island, um, the back end of it sort of fell apart. So we never got to really experience the backside of it that everybody was talking about. I just remember the excitement around it, the, the sort of fear around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got me very interested. Also, I remember during a uh, Islander-Montreal playoff game, I believe it was 19. We're not allowed to talk about the Islanders here. Um, <laughs> we had hell, and it was the first time I'd ever seen hell. Really? And I remember these rocks falling onto my driveway, and I thought they were just coming off the roof. I just didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. Just got me very interested in, what is this? So, Chrissy, um, also, when you started and you made the decision to go to school, pursue meteorology, what brought you to that decision when you were at that crossroads? Well, 
I did a lot of, you know, career background checks, you know, going through high school, talked to the local TV weatherman. You know, that was a huge deal in small towns. So talking to a local celebrity was a big deal. And just, you know, that was what I wanted to do all my life. And kind of the main decision was where I knew Penn State and I was hoping Penn State all along. But there's other good schools in the Pennsylvania area, Millersville. And so first applied to Penn State, got in and got right into the coursework at Penn State. You can take a meteorology course your freshman year. So it just kind of kick-started, got in the campus weather service, developed that love, and then got the interview at AccuWeather. So when it comes to somebody, and I'll ask both of you this, if somebody wants to become a meteorologist, we'll start with you, Christina. What are some of the things that, that somebody needs to pursue or really needs to focus on? Well, in high school, math. You go through a lot of math courses in college. And unfortunately, for some aspiring meteorologists, that's the roadblock. You see a lot have to go a different career path because they can't get through the math. You go through three years of calculus and then just high-level math courses, physics, um, chemistry, too. So you definitely want to focus and get extra math courses and also those science courses through high school. You can take some AP ones, too just the advanced placement, but definitely want to key in on those courses. Yeah, I second Chrissy on that. Math obviously is the great decider for meteorology. And, you know, you think of it, math is the language of science. So there's a lot of high-level math. That's how you learn to understand how the atmosphere works. So you need to be able to get through that. Communications is the other part, um, both written and verbal communications. That is where the role of meteorologist is morphing to very rapidly. Um, not so much forecasting the weather quite as much, but more to communicating the weather and helping people make the right decisions to help their lives, their businesses, their families. You talk about communications. Uh, Chrissy, you're part of the talent acquisition crew now here at AccuWeather. Uh, we've worked together for a long time, especially on the radio side of things and talking about communications. And that's only just a little peek that I get into kind of the hiring process of what you guys are looking to. You send me a, you know, a 30 second or a 60 second clip and I kind of review it that way. What are some of the other, you know, areas that you're, you're kind of looking at once you're bringing in a uh, new meteorologist? Well, you know, you get a radio sample, then we do a writing sample. And we always say not everyone is destined to be on the radio. Not everyone is destined to write stories for AccuWeather.com, but you have to communicate. You have to communicate to other clients, to your peers. So that's what we're looking for. Can you have a sound, you know, discussion with, as Marshall was saying, you want to get the message out. Can you get that message out? So that's what we're looking for in those communication reviews, you know, the samples they send in. It's kind of looking beyond, just it helps us, you know, get the full picture of the candidate. So it's a, it's more of a thing where, you know, you're, they understand the concepts, they, they get that, but they also make the message a lot more simpler and communicate it clearer so so people can understand it, correct? Right, because say you have someone, you know, they call in for a briefing or you're talking to, you're just get trying to get the message out about a weather and someone's saying, uh, 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 you know, you don't get that, you know, they're, they know what they're talking about. So you want to be able to get them to that level, make sure they're at that level so they sound confident and the general public or the client will trust their forecast. One of the one of the things that I first learned was when you're communicating a forecast, kind of make it just seem like you're just talking to to your friend on the street. Say, hey, hey, did you know that you might see a thunderstorm today? Is that is that a good way to approach it? I think that is a good way to approach it because I mean it's important if you're going to help people make the right decisions, you you need to really hit on five main points 
for communication. You know, it needs to be an accurate forecast, obviously, or the wrong decision is going to be made. It needs to be understandable. No meteorological terms and no extraneous information. You know, there's no reason to put in there, well, a cold front's going to come through and that's going to lead to a thunderstorm. No, there's going to be a thunderstorm and this is what the impacts are going to be. The details and impacts of the weather ties in with that. That's huge because that's what you're going to make the decision about. So say you're planning a picnic at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you wake up at 9 o'clock, you see a forecast for partly sunny today with a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? I wouldn't have any idea. Mm-hmm. If you can tell me partly sunny today, a thunderstorm in the area after 4 o'clock, okay, now I know. Plan my picnic. Uh, I can move forward and just keep an eye on the sky, keep an eye on the weather. Um, if you tell me partly sunny today with a thunderstorm in the area around 2 o'clock, okay, now I need to make some decisions around that. Um, I was putting up a canopy. Is this going to be some rain and thunder or is there going to be hail and high wind? Because mm-hmm. now I need to take some other actions if there's going to be that kind of impact. So that's critical. Um, timeline. So let's say you're a school district mm-hmm. and you need to make a go or no go decision by 4 a.m. And Chrissy was to call you at 6 a.m. with the best forecast that's been issued in the history of time. That forecast is worthless because I already made my decision. And then format has to be right because people are getting and consuming their weather information in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. So format could be, hey, I have 100 characters of space on this website or app. Mm-hmm. If we put through 150 characters, it's getting cut off and it's worthless. It could be whether Ken's radio stations need a wave or an MP3 versus a live. Mm-hmm. It could be business systems needing certain computer language. It has to be in the right format. If we hit all five of those, we're successful and we help people. If we miss any of those five, then obviously we have more work to do. And the one thing with aspiring meteorologists is they're going through school, you know, you're bombarded with weather terms. As Marshall was saying, you know, you want to throw in a cold front's coming and, you know, you're going through all the technical terms in college. But then when you get out into the forecasting world, it's saying trying to shift from that technical terms to what the public needs. So that is, if anybody's listening out there and you're going through school, you know, I challenge you, try to remember, keep the end user, you know, in mind when you're learning about high pressure. Okay, think about how you can explain it to your grandma, to someone who doesn't care, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure you can put it in how they can understand it. Was that a challenging thing um, to to try to learn all that and, and implement that? Yeah, I mean, you're going through school, you know, someone says, what's dew point? And so you want to give a technical term, but you have to remember, well, they don't understand, you know, they just don't know all the terms. And so you want to kind of bring it down to their level so they actually understand it. And then what does it mean to them? It's also a matter of knowing who your audience is. Mm -hmm. You know, in some cases, maybe we're briefing a meteorologist, we're going to speak in meteorological jargon. Right. We're going to have a good professional conversation around the science. And we do a lot of that here. We do a lot of that, uh, whether it be peer to peer or talking to certain customers that are meteorologists. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've had some of them on the podcast. podcast, Um, In other cases, it's a matter of um, speaking to the public and I need to make sure I speak in terms that they understand. And then there's our business to business aspect where we want to talk in the jargon they use internally to their company to, again, help them make the best decisions they can make for their business. And, and continuing on the communication kind of theme, Marshall, I've heard you've talked about this in the past. Networking is key. As far as getting a job, absolutely. I mean, getting out to the AMS conference, the NWA conference, get to know the hiring managers, get meet people. The more you know, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Internships are also huge for a variety of reasons. Uh, one, you're gaining some experience. 
Two, you're learning what you like and don't like. There are so many different opportunities for meteorologists. You know, it's not just forecasting. You know, just here at AccuWeather, to think about all the different opportunities and the places that we have meteorologists working. Mm -hmm. Beyond forecasting, there's TV broadcasting, radio broadcasting, Chrissy here in human resources now, marketing, sales, business administration, IT, R&D, business analytics. I can keep going. There's so many different roles. Mm -hmm. Then you think about the academic sector. You think about the public sector. There are so many opportunities out there. It's what is your passion going to be tied to? Because if you can tie your passion to your career, you're going to have it pretty well. If you don't tie your passion to your career, life can be pretty miserable. So, you know, while you're young, learning what you like and don't like, make your mistakes early so that you're better off later. Yeah, and to that point, um, Marsha was talking about internships. I, when I was in high school, started college, I thought I was going to be on TV. I would be a broadcast meteorologist. And that was, I think half of that is what Marsha was saying. There's so many opportunities, but I didn't know about those. I just saw. Until you're actually in. <laughs> right, yeah, I, yeah. You learned so much. And so I, I was focused in being a broadcast meteorologist. So between the summer of my junior, senior year, I got an internship at the local TV station. Great opportunity. I learned a lot, but I learned that's not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. I liked more behind the scenes. So that's part of the getting to know what's out there and getting that experience thinking, is that the right path you want to be on? And it's better to make those adjustments before you graduate, because as we know, college isn't cheap. And so you want to be able to get that path, get set before you graduate. Right. I wanted to ask both of you guys, when it comes to a candidate and they're like looking to become a meteorologist, We'll start with you, Marshall. What kind of, uh, what kind of characteristics, what, what kind of, what kind of things do you look for in somebody? Well, obviously, first and foremost, I have to understand meteorology. Then it comes down to, are they a cultural fit for the organization? And even before that, communication. Can they communicate well? Because as I mentioned earlier, um, when it comes to forecasting, the role is morphing more and more to communication. Mm-hmm. If they can't communicate well, that's going to hold them back. And certainly it's when it comes to that and culture, you know, it's not fair to either the candidate or us to bring somebody in that's not going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that they are. And certainly when somebody's interviewing for a job, they need to remember interviews are two ways. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that this is a place that you're going to be a good fit. You're going to be happy as well as we're trying to make sure that the candidate's a good fit for us and we're going to be happy. Because, again, it's not fair to either side if it doesn't work well. Right. What about you, Christina? Um, I like the experience, too. Yes, you can be fresh out of college, but there's so many opportunities to get practice in forecasting when you're in school. So even if you didn't get an internship, but did you participate in your school's campus weather service? A lot of schools have where students can come in once a week at least and get some experience fo- fo- um, Excuse me, forecasting for the local um, TV station, the campus TV station or newspaper, because you're only going to get better as a meteorologist if you want forecasting by forecasting. Mm-hmm. So those experiences are what also I'm looking at in addition to what Marshall said. Marshall, you had mentioned about, you know, some of the changes that you have seen, you know, over the years in meteorology and forecasting. Where Where's it all going? What, do, what does the future hold? You know? Well, as far as meteorology and forecasting goes, the future holds that the inputs will continue to get better and better. And there's more and more inputs. Um, so over time, 
it's going to be harder and harder for humans to beat these inputs. Mm-hmm. You're going to see more and more of the forecasts being automated based on machine learning, artificial intelligence, and these inputs, less so on human instinct and reaction. Um, but there will still be an important role for a meteorologist in communicating that information out to help people make decisions. So the it's overall- also going to become more contextual. It's about tying the weather into that specific decision that people need to make rather than just a generic daily forecast. Okay. So the overall theme that I'm hearing throughout our conversation here today, communication, communication, mm-hmm. communication. Yes. Absolutely. And what about, um, and Chrissy, because you've, you've made that transition now from, from forecasting, uh, into, into recruiting, into human resources. How has that transition played out for you? Is it, is it, a little bit different than... <laughs> yeah, I'm a week in, so still new, but it's nice of where now... Because before that, I was helping... I was on the hiring team for the forecasting department, so I was already in that recruiting role, but now it's for the company. And the one nice thing is, with my meteorology background, as Marsha was saying, all the different you know aspects, the different opportunities here at AccuWeather. So as a meteorologist, I can reach out to my connections and say, okay, yes, we have a position for a forecaster, but we also have this in data science. These are some courses, you know, what we're looking for. Do you have any um, students who you'd recommend? So it's building that networking that Marshall was talking about too earlier, you know, building that up more, trying to get more meteorologists in the company with the, us being a weather company. So networking, do your homework, do the research and, and, and keep talking to people, right? And sometimes it's getting your foot in the door somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. one of the great things at AccuWeather, and me and Chrissy are both examples of this, is the company does give opportunities to promote from within. I started as a forecaster. Um, I worked my way through a variety of positions to where I am now. Chrissy started as a forecaster. She's moved to human uh, resources. We have people all over the company that started in one area and moved into others because they had the right skill set, the right personality, um, and the ability to do it. And we've really given that opportunity because it is a great way. We want to bring good people into the organization and see them grow. Mm-hmm. So real quick, because uh, we're going to wrap things up in just a second. But since we talked about becoming a meteorologist, possibly joining the team, internships and things like that, Chrissy, if, if somebody out there is listening and they're interested in maybe pursuing the field more and they want to maybe reach out to us, what can they do? Well, you can go to our website, accuweather.com slash careers, and that gives all the opportunities, but also reach out to one of us. Um, my email address, I'll spell it K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot P-Y-D-Y-N-O-W-S-K-I at AccuWeather.com. And I can put you in touch with what department you're interested in. Maybe we can bring in for a job shadow. You can just see what happens here at AccuWeather. And so... I spelled it out because I know if I just say Christina Pitanowski, I might, uh, no, especially with the K, even for Christina. We'll put this so. in, the, uh, in the show notes as well, I yeah. think. And I'll, and I'll I'm say, very grateful that our email autofills names yeah. like that. Yes. And you guys are absolutely right. There is so much that goes on here, but not only that, but, you know, in the meteorology world. I mean, I'm not a meteorologist, but I've learned so much during, you know, the time that I've worked here. So finally, in closing, 
One final piece of advice. And I know, Marshall, you might say no emojis on the resume, right? <laughs> As he well, said once before. Yeah, I've said that one before. It's make sure somebody reviews your materials before you submit them. R- remember that I'm going to give two pieces of advice. All right. Re- re- certainly remember that's representing you. And this goes toward the second piece of advice also. Think about your social media feed. Think about how you're representing yourself to prospective employers that will see what you put on social media that we'll see what you have on your resume. Is it full of grammar mistakes, full of typos, uh, a picture of you? Somebody used this example once with me, you doing a funnel in your profile picture on Facebook. Yeah. You know, things that don't represent you in a positive light because mm-hmm. ultimately you're your own brand. Yep. And you want to make sure that you're positively representing that brand. That if we hire you, your brand becomes part of our brand and you're representing us. So that's something we're always on the look for. That's, that's a fantastic great piece of advice. Yep. Christina, one more piece of advice that you would give out to an aspiring meteorologist. Just remember, yes, you go through some tough courses. And I pride ourselves here at AccuWeathers that GPA is not everything. It's okay that you don't have a 4.0 or 3.7, but maybe you have 3.3, but you have a lot of experience. You showed you were trying your best to get to be, become a better meteorologist. Get that on your resume. Have it at the top of the resume. Get relevant experience. A lot of people do chronological order, which is fine, but I like get it up front, the relevant experience, because we have a lot of resumes we're reviewing. So you want to showcase yourself. And as I said, don't be ashamed if you don't have the best GPA. Show off your experience. Show off you cared. That's what we like to see. You have a hard work ethic. Yeah, there's leadership in there as well. Leadership experience mm-hmm. also is valuable. That yes. is fantastic advice from both of you guys. And I hope we can get you guys back in again sometime to maybe talk more about the world of meteorology and forecasting. So, of course, Marshall Moss, VP of Forecasting, Christina Pitanowski, meteorologist and brand new talent acquisition specialist. Thank you for joining us to talk about So You Want to Be a Meteorologist. Thanks, guys. And we will be back with a brand new episode next week. We're going to do Weather 101. We're going to talk about weather terminology with some of our very own meteorologists. Yeah, next week, I'm very excited. We're going to have friend of the show, meteorologist Dave Dombeck on. He's been on a a bunch of times It's always yeah. He's trying to beat that Evan Myers record, I I think. think. So, yeah, they're both (laughs) neck and neck for most appearances (laughs) on everything under the sun. So, yeah. is he going to be quizzing us, or is he just going to be sharing some information? I think we're going to ask him a oh, few okay. things. I was a little concerned. We've there got for a, a few second. other terms, and maybe we're going to ask. We're some common terms that some people may not know. We're going to get the actual descriptions, the definitions coming up next week. Fantastic! Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun, giving you the stories behind the weather and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or visit AccuWeather.com slash podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.